Welcome to Burn It All Down, the feminist sports podcast you need. Jessica here. Today, we have a hot take for you about the Paralympics, which are currently happening through September 5th. I am so thrilled to be joined by gold medalist Paralympian Kelly Crowley. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for having me on the show. So let's start with some background on you. When did you first get into sports and which sports were they? Um, I've been an athlete my whole life. I actually started in gymnastics when I was a tiny little one. And um, Were you one of those bouncy kids? Your parents were looking for an outlet kind of thing? I don't remember being that bouncy, but I do remember liking the springboard under the floor in okay. gymnastics. The okay. floor was my favorite because I couldn't do the other, uh, the other some scary. of the other things. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say the trampoline was the best part of gymnastics. Um, but I quickly um, was like not promoted with my peers. And so my parents um, put me in swimming when I was in second grade. And um, so I've played everything though. Like I... I did all the sports in school. So, you know, basketball, volleyball, softball, all the way through middle school and high school, I played basketball. Um, my family's super athletic and competitive. So I did everything <laughs> with them too, <laughs> uh-huh, from like uh-huh. outdoor sports, you know, backpacking, rock climbing, you name it. Um, it a very intense uh, kickball and t-ball games, <laughs> like the whole thing. So I love it. When I talked to Kristen Duquette last year, who was also a para swimmer, She told me that it was a long time in her life before she saw a disabled athlete. Like, was that true for you or was that part of your life just growing up? No, I thought I was the only person in the universe with a funny little arm until um, I learned about the Paralympics when I was 24. 24? Yeah. I literally never met anyone like me. And, um, And so, which is kind of crazy to think. I have a cousin with a disability, but, you know, I never thought of it as someone with a disability because she's my cousin and we just go do stuff together, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, the idea that there was other people like me out there, um, it just never even crossed my mind to the point where when I was going to like, look at colleges, I was looking for a school where I could swim and focus on swimming and hopefully maybe make someday make the Olympic team, um, Mm. and trying to figure out how that would work. But I didn't know about the Paralympics. So I ended up actually, um, quitting all sports altogether in college um, and, uh, yeah, did all kinds of other things until I accidentally found out about the Paralympics at the end of grad school. So, um, and then my life took a giant detour. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that detour. Cause it's pretty incredible. In 2004, you went to Athens. I did. And yeah. you won two, gold, two gold medals. That's incredible. Uh, tell us what events those were, those gold medals were in. Sure. Yeah. So um, in Athens, I had a whole bunch of individual events, um, but I also had the privilege of swimming on both of the women's relays. So um, I was the butterfly leg in the medley relay and the uh, anchor leg of our four by 100 freestyle relay. So both of our relays won the gold medal. And um, it was like this amazing uh, moment because I, I got to have my gold medal moment that I had dreamed of ever since you know, Mary Lou Retton launched her way onto my breakfast table on her, the Wheaties box, no, no sugar cereals in the Crowley household. Um, and you know, I had that moment in my head and that's what I always wanted to do. So I got really lucky, um, as a member of the swimming program to be able to like stand on the top step of the podium and hear our national anthem and like, and lucky that it happened twice because the first time the medal ceremony happened so quickly after our race that I was sort of like, I didn't even have a moment to like sit and like, Mm. to take it in you know it was just like throw on your stuff get on the podium okay go cool down you know have more races the next day so when it happened again I was like okay no I have to like slow down and pay attention because this may never happen again what was that experience like like 
I mean, I don't know if you can boil it down, but like, what's it like to go to the Paralympics and compete? And you got to go to Athens, which is such a cool place. Yes, yes. Athens was amazing. I mean, to to go there, the, you know, it's the, the origin of of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. To, so to be like, wow, I'm back at this starting place. And for me, that was in some ways the starting point of my Paralympic career. So it was all very like symbolic Mm. and, um, but it was, it was a really, um, it was a really special experience. I also, I was stuck in my head a little bit as a swimmer. Um, and so I didn't totally have as much fun with it as I probably could have or should have, um, because I had put so much pressure on myself to like, I'm here and I want to win and I want to, you know, and you put so much, it's, I tell people, um, sometimes it's like a wedding. <laughs> you yeah. put so much thought and time and planning and it's, and then the day just happens and then it's over and you're like, whoa, where did that go? Um, so, but you know, it, it's the Olympics. So it, you know, my favorite part of it was, is, um, was sitting in front of the dining hall and with my pins as a pin trader. So, yeah. So, you know, the like little lapel pins you can get at souvenir shops, all these places. I did it as a spectator in 1996 in Atlanta. I had the yeah, whole pin like exactly. The, but I remember buying them and swapping yeah. them. And... I mean, like if you go into the souvenir stores, there's just like walls of pins, right? Walls. So the athletes typically get a little package of pins. So we'll go around the village and trade them with all the other athletes. And it, it's kind of a, like a competitive sport. I mean, I had this one like little tiny little sweat like tea towel that I had stuck them all to, you know, and this guy came over and he was really, really, really determined to take my Barbados pin from me. And he was like, it's super rare. I really want that one. And I was like, no, I'm not trading that one then. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, I love it. And then you transition very successfully into cycling, right? So you have won two silver medals, I believe in 2011 at the Paracycling World Cup. How... (laughs) This is too ambitious for me, Kelly. I was like, she needs to calm down. How did you go from being one of the best swimmers to being one of the best cyclists? Well, I'm lucky in, in some ways in that two, two lucky things happen. I always, I like to tell people that, you know, being successful elite athlete is, is not just pure hard work and dedication. There is some element of luck um, associated with it. And so for me, I have, um, the physiology of an elite athlete. Like if you look at my family, we have a lot of really talented athletes. I have cousins that ran in division one, um, programs in college. I have a you know cousin who played football in college, like we're athletes. So my VO two max <laughs> is just above average. So put me in a, in a sport where I can rely on that strength, then I'm going to do okay. The other lucky thing that happened is I, um, I met my husband and mm-hmm. I had friends at the time who had bought me a bike and I was kind of burned out on swimming and I was going out with my guy friends on the weekends, riding our bikes, you know, up the hills in the San Francisco Bay area, which are like some of the iconic climbs in the world. I had no idea that I was like riding some of the coolest things in the world when I first got started in cycling. And they were all like, you're really good at this. You're really good at this. And I was like, nah, I'm going back swimming, going back swimming. But then I met my husband and he was like, no, seriously, you're really good at this. And so I did what any aspiring elite athlete does. I just emailed the national team director <laughs> and I said, I'm thinking sure. about getting into cycling. Um, but the truth is that that's how we do athlete development for Paralympics in the U.S. Um, we don't have a formal pipeline. There is a huge canyon of questions and advocacy that athletes have to navigate once they've gotten introduced to a sport and then they want to be on the national team like that middle ground. There's no clear path in any sport really. I mean, some of the closest ones might be triathlon and rowing because those national governing bodies have like 
have really adopted the Paralympians as part of their organization. Hmm. Wow. And so uh, were you a road racer? I, yes. So I raced um, professionally with um, Primal Map My Ride, which was a professional women's team. And wow. um, I was the uh, second, I guess, second disabled athlete in the U.S. that I know of to compete for a professional team. Um, the first was my teammate, Greta Namanis, um, who uh, raced for Peanut Butter 2020 um, uh, when before I was uh, on the year that I was out. Um, she got picked up by a professional team, which is really cool. Um, you know, like for us, we both compete in a category where it's like our, you know, our hands are the main, um, the main challenge to the function of the bike. And so technology helps us, enables us to compete, mm. um, on a really level playing field. Like our legs are not like our legs are mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah. You're clipped in and, and going. Yeah. Oh, wow. Road racing is so hard. Like I did triathlons for just a little while and that part was just... So good for you. <laughs> so you, we should, we could team up in the triathlon then because you could probably do the run no problem, right? Well, I am a very slow runner. Oh, I can't help you with that. But I really loved swimming. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about the current Paralympics happening in Tokyo. I'd love to hear about what you've been watching and kind of like what stories you've been following. Okay. Um, well, I'm kind of a junkie. Um, so (laughs) it's been really challenging actually a little bit because some of the things that I really want to watch are hard to find in the U S like I get these little snippets of coverage from the international Paralympic committee's Twitter feed. Um, but then the, you know, the actual video that they've linked to is blocked. So, um, a lot of the things that I've been, it's because of the media rights situation, right? So, so a lot of the things that, um, that I have, paid attention to or got tuned into are the U.S. athletes, but I know that there are some really cool stories um, of athletes in other countries that I haven't been able to like fully dive into. Sure. There's so much. I mean, I always feel like this when the Olympics, Paralympics roll around. Yeah. I'll be watching things for months, right? On the (laughs) replays. Yeah. Here I am asking you to like narrow it down to a few things, which is kind of an unfair ask. Yeah, but let's do it. (laughs) So there, there's a few, um, a few athletes that I think need to be like, like shout out and women, especially because they're breaking ground and they're setting records. I feel like a lot of records have been set. Tons. Okay. That's what it feels like. Okay. Good. Yes. Tons. I think some of it is, um, the classifications for some of the sports have Mm. gotten like readjusted over the last quad and so the athletes that are competing in the categories have different functions than they probably they might have had in the past so that might be affecting the but there's been just an astonishing number of records set um, which is exciting but so the first athlete that I wanted to shout out is Kylie Grimes of Team GB Mm. and so she's a wheelchair rugby athlete and she is the first woman to win gold in wheelchair rugby Um, and the reason for that is the women and the it's a co-ed sport right so Super kudos to her. She's the first woman to ever win gold. Torchbearer. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, shout out. <laughs> it was a little bittersweet because they beat the Team USA. And like my friend Chuck Aoki had some amazing highlights. So if you go to NBCOlympics.com and you look for Chuck and some of his highlights, you're just like blown away. It was really exciting. So um, both of those teams totally recommend wheelchair rugby. It's known as murder ball. Um, let's see what else. I, I adore Bebe Vio. Um, she's a Italian wheelchair fencer who is kind of the, the star of rising uh Phoenix, which is a documentary on Netflix. And you don't have to have Netflix during the Paralympics to watch rising Phoenix because, uh, Netflix is showing it for free on YouTube through the end of the closing ceremonies. So check it out. Um, 
Yeah, yeah we'll get on but that. I, okay. I absolutely adore her. So she, spoiler alert, won gold for the second games in a row. So that was really exciting. Um, there is uh, a Venezuelan uh, sprinter, Lisbelli Vera Andrade, who um, was in a photo finish. She won gold with a lean at the end. And the reason that I'm super excited about this, though, is because she, of what she said about, like, how, you know, she was bullied so badly in, in middle school, which I also understand, experienced. Um, and she said, I would lock myself in my house and say I didn't want to go out. And then she discovered sport and she was selected for the Para Pan Am Games. And she said it was a demonstration that what people said about me was a lie. Right. And so for her, like sport changed absolutely everything. So like to have her have get to have that like triumphant moment of like, you know, being in a super tight race, leaning for the finish line and winning the gold. It's just like, <laughs> yes, that is the kind of like Olympic glory that we want. Right. Right. So, yes. Yes. Oh, you yeah. just describing that makes my heart like beat faster. I love it. Exactly. Um, so there's been a bunch of other things like that. Um, Teresa Perales is a, a Spanish a swimmer who's been she's been swimming for many many years she won her 27th paralympic medal the other day like I'm that's sorry. so many medals what right? <laughs> yes We're, exactly. like that's too many where do you even that's put all lot. those right. holy right? moly you would lose track yeah I, fa- I saw like tatiana mcfadden won like her 19th and i thought that that was excessive 27 yes. wow right um there have been some really exciting finishes too so my my sort of like top three finishes uh-huh. um are in the men's 100 meter with the T64 category, which are leg amputees, um, featured Johnny Peacock, who is like the 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 star of the London uh, 2012 games. He's like a legend, uh-huh. right? Um, so he was in a photo finish for a medal. Um, there was an incredibly fast um, gold medal time, 10.76, which is, I mean, wow. it would take me twice as long to run that far. So I find that really impressive. Yeah. Um, and then Costa Rica won their first ever Paralympic medal in that event oh, as well. So um, recommend what, hunting that one down on the NBC platform. Um, there was a really good race featuring uh, Daniel Romanchuk, who is, he's like the Michael Phelps slash Katie Ledecky of wheelchair racing in the U.S. Um, okay. Super dominant. And so his uh, 400 meter race was like a come from behind finish. Like he wasn't even, you're like, there's no way he can win this. And then it was a photo, basically a photo finish, a very close race. That was fun to watch. And he won. He won. Yeah. Jeez. But you, he didn't look like he was going to win. So, like, that was really exciting. I love that. And then oh. my favorite, favorite finish, though, um, has to be, um, and again, I'm going to spoil it, uh, Kendall Gretsch uh, chasing down Lauren Parker of Team GB in the women's wheelchair paratriathlon. I mean, she was a minute, a minute and a half down, and this <gasps> had this, like, surge in the last, I don't know, 50 meters before the line. And you were just like, whoa, where did that speed come from? And she nicked her right at the line and won the race. That's a lot of time to make up in that distance. Wow. It was super impressive. I'm going to go look that up. Yeah. There's a little five minute highlight if you want to watch it, um, the short version of it. So anyways, those are my highlights. And also I love sitting volleyball because my, um, I have a very good friend, Katie Holloway, who is on the sitting volleyball team and they are, you know, in the hunt still for their medals. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yes, I'll be following that. All closely. right. Shout out to Katie. Yeah. So can you tell us, so we have an, 
just a few days left at this point, September 5th, which how, how are we to September, but a few days. Um, so obviously sitting volleyball, are there other things that listeners should be paying attention to? Do you think? Oh man. Like all, all of it. it. Just <laughs> You're like, turn just it on, on all of your devices and just stream it because we need the platforms. So we need NBC to see that people are watching it. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think exciting things that are coming up. Um, you guys did a great little shout out on canoe kayak, which I have to be honest, I've never, ever seen canoe kayak, but just based on your preview of the Paralympics. I'm like, I can't wait for canoe kayak to get started. So I'm excited for that. All right. All Um, right. Badminton. Yes. I don't know who the dominant athletes are in badminton, but I will be definitely watching it because I have, I've seen little snippets of competitive matches and it's, it's a great spectator sport, super fast action. Mm. Um, it's kind of like mind boggling. They're cat like reflexes like it's so interesting because like with ping pong when I watch like table tennis it's almost like watching hockey where I all I have trouble like following the ball but with badminton because of the way it floats like you can it, it's it's like both fast-paced and like I can still see the birdie like yeah you yeah even moment to breathe as you're watching it yes so I'm looking forward to that five aside soccer really excited for that again super mm-hmm. fast-paced game um like I'm not, and I'm not good at soccer. So I have mad respect for that. Um, and then the medal rounds of basketball and volleyball, uh, sitting, the women's sitting volleyball for the U S especially. And then just, I love basketball in general. That's probably my favorite sport to play. And it actually translates really well, um, to uh, wheelchair basketball. So nice. Well, thank you so much for filling us in and giving us tips moving forward. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to ask, you have a pretty open-ended question and you can just take this wherever you'd like. But since I have you here, like what would you like our listeners to know about the Paralympics or para-athletes that they might not know and should? I feel like this is probably hours and hours of an answer, but I wanted to give you a chance here because we just don't hear enough about it just in general. Well, that's a really great question. And I could probably say a lot. I think, um, Two things. One, one is for sort of like the the super novice audience, which I don't know how many of those folks you have listening to your podcast, but is that you know it's the Olympics for people with disability, and um, I think a lot of times even Paralympians think like when they when they're first uh, people with disability are first starting out in sport, they go, well, I'm training for the Paralympics, um, and they they don't really know what that means, you know, but it means like do you're gonna do what the Olympians do, which is you're gonna spend 20 hours a week perfecting your craft and you're going to rely on a little bit of luck and a lot Mm. of like, you know, bio biology. And, um, you know, we all have a little, a little bit of like freak in us. (laughs) We're just a little (laughs) bit outside the standard deviation. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that's one thing. Um, and then the second thing is that we actually, we actually do need help. And that we um, we are still building a movement. We are still, um, you know, and it's largely a grassroots movement. And we need everyone to like go talk about us. Tell tell your neighbors, hey, I saw this on TV. Ask five people to turn on the coverage. Um, we we need all the fans we can get um, because the institutions. Um, that make decisions about, you know, how how funds get spent need to understand that people do love us. <laughs> and I know they do because London showed us that. Um, and, you know, for me, the cool thing about the super cool thing about Paralympics is that it changes. It actually does change lives for the better and that visibility matters. You know, one of the Team USA Paralympians just posted 
something on his Twitter feed today uh, that was a letter that um, a Japanese family sent him saying, you know, we'd never seen anyone like our son doing anything. And then we saw a highlight of you and we bought tickets and we can't come, but we're watching you on TV, you know, and like that family would never have known what was possible for their child without the Paralympics. So for that reason alone, like we need more visibility. We need everybody talking about us. So go talk about us. <laughs> That's great. And you do talk about the Paralympics and para-athletes on a podcast. Correct? I do. Can you yeah. Tell us about your podcast. So everyone can go subscribe right now. Okay, sure. Yes. Um, so Katie Holloway and I um, started a podcast called Inside Parasport. Um, we've been a little bit on hiatus over the last year because we've both been handling a lot. She's been training for Tokyo. Um, so we are, um, yeah, we, you know, we talk about all things Paralympics. Um, we interview athletes and give them a platform to tell their stories. And we talk about, um, you know, kind of the, some of the sticky things in Paralympics, like classification and all kinds of other stuff. Classification's the biggie though. Yeah. Say the name again. Oh, Inside Parasport. Okay. Inside Parasport. Everyone pause this, go subscribe, come back. Um, and then I wanted to ask finally, where can our listeners find more media on para-athletes and para-sports? The official like IPC, International Paralympic Committee uh, media channels are probably the best. Um, Channel 4 out of the UK does phenomenal. They do a phenomenal job. It's not always available in, in other territories, but if you're listening from abroad, check that one out. Um, in the U.S., the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee is a good place to go for um, coverage. And then this year, NBCOlympics.com. They're streaming um, a, a historic number of hours on NBC Sports. The replays are on the platform. Um, if you have Hulu, that counts as your cable provider, so you can get access to all, you know, the oh, whole good. thing if you have Hulu. I will say shout out to Lindsay, who is just like so taken by Paralympics TikTok. Oh, she said see? she just will spend hours there. So like, and you can just start on the like Paralympics TikTok, like the main Paralympics account and just go from there. But she said she just was like four hours later, <laughs> she just, like was so wrapped up in it. And that, so I will say that there are other spaces too, right? That are really fun. That's right. You follow the athletes directly. You know, athletes are always um, a good and we're all networked with each other. So once you follow one of us, you can find a bunch of us. All right. Well, thank you, Kelly. We really appreciate you being on Burn It All Down. Thanks, you guys, for having the best podcast and bringing Paralympics into the conversation. This episode was produced by Tressa Versteg. Shelby Weldon is our web and social media wizard. Burn It All Down is part of the Blue Wire podcast network. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen, subscribe, and rate the show on Apple Podcast Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and tune in. For show links and transcripts, check out our website, burnitalldownpod.com. You can also find a link to our merch at our Bonfire store. And thank you, as always, to our patrons. Your support means the world. If you want to become a sustaining donor to our show, visit patreon.com slash burnitalldown. Burn on and not out. Screaming!